Well, good morning once again, Coyote class. In the last chapter of the story of the secret journey of the silver reindeer, Aslak and his grandmother went to go and visit the wise wizard who lived at the far end of a frozen lake. It was there that the wizard told Aslak of his grandmother's impending death and of the task that Aslak will have to undertake in order to not only find his herd of silver reindeer, but to also keep his family and his inheritance safe from harm. Let's listen now and hear what happens next in the journey of the silver reindeer. Chapter 3 When he reached his kata, Aslak picked up his grandmother and, carrying her in, quickly wrapped the furs about her. To his joy, she was still alive. The wizard was wrong. Then Ashlak saw that by the hearth sat the mayor and beside him a man he did not know. Grandmother stared piercingly at the stranger. Then she said, I could not go until I knew for certain that my heart no longer yearned for a lost son. And I tell you now that I believe the man who has returned is no true son to me. Ashlak, remember this night and all you have heard. Now let me depart. Old grandmother lay back, and very soon she died, as surely as if she had been wrapped in skins and pushed away in a sledge to die alone in the snow, which once was done with the old in this cold, dark land. Merja and Turi huddled on the woman's side of the hearth and began to weep. Oh, how sad that grandmother could not really see well enough to know her own son after all these years. Ashlak, the man by the hearth is Uncle Pira, and he has brought back the fifty reindeer lost upon the trail this autumn. Pira Maga smiled at Ashlak. When I heard all the sad things that befell my father's family, I hurried to help, and on my way it happened that I found fifty silver reindeer with the Magar Mark. So I brought them to join your herd. I mourned that my mother's mind was too worn to know me, as were her eyes. But now that I am here, I will be head of the family and responsible for you all. Uncle Vera has brought us handsome knives, exclaimed Pirka. One for you and one for me. And beautiful needle cases to hang on our belts, exclaimed Mirja. One for Tari and one for me. But Ashlak, the strange forecasts and the cold terrors of the night formed in his mind, and he found strength even in the death of his grandmother. Ashlak stood up straight and tall and said in a stern clear voice. Give back the knives and the needle cases, 
for we cannot take gifts from him. I am the head of this family. Did you not hear my grandmother reject this man just now? Besides, I have been told that great Jorni sent him away saying he could claim no more. Ah, said Uncle Bira. Let me point out that my father did not mean to disinherit me on his death. No, 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 not at all. Instead, he said only that I could claim nothing from him while he lived, nor have I. I have suffered many misfortunes since I was sent away without asking for one reindeer. Is that not true? Have I ever claimed so much as a discarded antler from my father's deer? Have I not now returned 50 straying reindeer to your herd? Ashlack acknowledged that his uncle had made no claim. But I have spoken with the mayor and wise elders of the parish council, and they tell me you are too young to bear responsibility for a herd and a household. So the responsibility is mine as your uncle. And one more thing. You know of the famous nougat, the luck of the Karashogi? Indeed, said Ashlack, for he had heard many times the tale of how his grandfather's good fortune began. Everyone knows great Jorni Maga's good fortune began the day he found that large nougat on a bank at the Karashogi. Or rather, what he found were two halves, which fitted so perfectly together not a reindeer hair could slip between them. He showed this to us often when we were boys, and he always said that whoever possessed the luck of the Karasjoki should possess the herd, because then he would have the luck and skill to take care of it. And now, look. Uncle Biera reached into the pocket of his embroidered Atasliepa, the dicky in which filled the neck of his tunic. He unrolled a cloth and held out a roughed object, which gleamed dully in the firelight. Here it is, half of the Karasjogi nugget, sent as a sign for me to return and become the head of the family. But Ashlack stared at it, keeping his face as blank as the snow. How did you come by this? Can you prove that this is half of the true Karasjogi nougat that belonged to my grandfather? Do you know where the other half is which matches it? Two years ago, at the winter fair at Kautukeno, I met Quisima, the blind peddler. When he heard I was Bera Maga, he cried out, like the wind, I have been searching the length and breadth of the North Country for you. Your father is dying, and he entreated me to find you and give you this talisman, saying, Tell my son, here is half of my luck, a sign that he must return and make the luck of the Maga whole again. As to where the matching half is, surely that would be among the great Yorni's possessions the box of secret belongings which every man of wealth collects during this lifetime, and which must have been kept by my mother after his death. By rights, it is here in this kata that I demand that you give it to me. 
Ashlack sat still, feeling again the trembling chill that shook him in the wizard's tent. But he knew he must be strong and test his uncle to find the truth. While Maria and Derhi watched, their faces drawn with dismay, Ashlack took off his four-peaked cap. Loosening the drawstring inside, he poked into one of the tips and held out what looked like a dirty rock. Let us see if between us we have the whole, then, of my grandfather's nougat, for it is I who have the other half. He heard his sister stir with excitement, and Dirka moved restlessly toward him. Ashlack explained, When my father, Tura Maga, could no longer speak, he pressed this into my hand. Until I looked, I thought perhaps he had followed the old way of choosing a rock or a stick with a face to be his good luck god. Since so much ill fortune followed us, I was tempted to throw it away. But when I looked, I found it half a nougat of gold. Now, hold out your half and see if yours is truly the mate of mine. For if it is, then my grandfather must have decided to divide the luck and the herd between you and my father. That is, if your message be his true words. If it is not, then I believe you have come to deceive us. The boy and the man reached toward each other in the flickering light of the fire. The mayor edged closer to observe most carefully. Merja sucked in her breath, and Turhi wiggled impatiently. Ashlack knew that his sisters, often resentful of his ordering them about, were intrigued by the sudden appearance of a handsome uncle, and too young to care deeply who was head of family. Dirka, too, was excited by the adventure and mystery of an uncle he scarcely knew or remembered. Ashlack was exhausted from his trip and saddened by old grandmother's death. He longed for a moment to be only a boy and to be comforted. How easy it would be to let his uncle take on all the cares and burdens of the family. For a swift second, he thought that if the nuggets matched, he would not dispute his uncle's claim. But twist and turn the halves as they might, there was no match. Not even when Uncle Dira impatiently tried to snatch the half from Ashlack's hand. He had managed to get a hold of it. Ashlack was sure that his uncle would substitute the other half of the nougat he had brought. And that was up his sleeve, waiting for a split-second sleight-of-hand switch. So quickly, Ashlack pulled back. This does not leave my grasp, for I do not trust you to return the right half to me, he said. It is clear that we each have half of a nougat, but one of them is false. I believe my grandfather never intended to split the herd and leave part to you. But who does have the true half? And where is the other? Tisk tisk, muttered the mayor in bewilderment. The parish laws can have nothing to say about nougats.
declared Ashlack, interrupting the mayor. This is between my uncle and myself, but I tell you in all truth that the box of secret belongings of my grandfather, Unimaga, is not in this kacha. He asked that it be left with him at his burial, but where that place is, only my father knew. A sullen look swept over Deer's face as he turned to the mayor. I doubt he tells the truth, he said. But the mayor knew Ashlack and had seen him on his travels ever since he was a small child. No, said the mayor. Ashlack does not lie. My grandfather died on the summer journey, Ashlack explained. My father took his body to the secret resting place of our ancestors, and for he had been told how to find it. The knowledge passes from father to son, but when the time came, my father was too ill to tell me. I swear I do not know where it is. Or had the wizard told him when he said to find the cave of the great hunters in the mountain of the Eagle Head? Ashlack was silent for a moment. Was Kusima really a wizard whose trance brought his knowledge? Or was he just a blind peddler, full of intrigue, who had plotted with Dira against Ashlack? For according to Dira, it was Kusima who had brought him the half-nugget and his father's message. But if Kusima and his warning were to be believed, if Dira had only used Kusima's name in a lie, then Ashlack must be bold and cautious at the same time. So he said, Since my uncle and I both have half a nougat, let us each mark our own half now and give his marked half to the mayor, who will keep them both. Then, whoever finds the box of secret belongings will take it to the mayor, who will open it and see whose half the nougat in it matches. When Deer agreed so readily, Ashlack wondered if some sleight of hand had already taken place. Then he remembered the words of Kusima, the wizard, and even though he half doubted and half believed what he had heard and seen, he knew his only hope was to discover the cave of the great hunters before his uncle Dira did. <laughs>